Hey beauties. Hey beauties. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Cheers to that bitch. Ooh, Ooh. that was good. Wait, Anna, do you smell that? What is no. that? Wait, I don't I don't smell anything. What do you mean? You don't smell that? I don't know. I don't smell do you, anything. Do you have COVID? B- bitch, I do not have COVID. I got tested this week. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what I smell? It's a new topic. Oh! <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Beauty talk. So, beauties, my senses were right. It's a new topic this week, and it's all about nose jobs and rhinoplasties. Yes. So, let's get into it. Um... First, I think we should tackle some misconceptions because I think in the past there's been a lot of misconceptions when it comes to rhinos. I think they've definitely diminished over time with um, this day and age, how we're very open with a lot of conversations about plastic surgery, but we still want to attack some of them. Exactly. And I think that the first misconception, I was kind of doing my research about this because I have my own misconceptions, but I want to know what the people want. And we kind of had a poll on Instagram and people were responding. Yeah. So our first misconception is that our results immediate after the procedure. And this is a hard no. It's a hard, hard no. Exactly. And I kind of want to enlighten you people that after you have the procedure, you're not going to see your final results right away. There is a lot of bruising and swelling after mm-hmm. procedure, especially with the rhinoplasty because that is your face. Yes. But there's a lot of swelling that happens over months and you will not see your final result until a full year. Yeah, for sure. I think me and Nicolette touched a little bit on the fact that anytime you go under anesthesia, you're always going to experience swelling. But not only are you going to experience regular swelling from just the anesthesia and going under a surgical procedure, you're also going to experience swelling because depending on what they have to do to your nose, it's your face. It's your bones that they're dealing with. It's not like it's just tissue or anything like that. Your bones are going to swell. I mean, not your bone, your physical bones, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but the skin around your bones are going to swell a lot more because you're doing a lot more than a regular procedure. Yeah, and it's definitely a sensitive area. It's mm-hmm. more superficial. Yeah. So that is the first misconception. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about it in a little bit. Yes. But definitely number two is... Can you pick the nose, which you see on a celebrity, that you can model for yourself? And that's a hard no again. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's one thing is that people call us and they'll be like, okay, I want to bring in a picture of what I want to do, whatever. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Bring it in. But with noses especially... The doctor usually will choose the nose that fits for your face. Yes, you every know? person is unique. And yes. I think that every nose is unique. Oh, for I sure. I mean, every face is different and you have to be realistic with your goals. Whatever your result is going to be, I think that it's going to be unique to your structure. Yes. I think back in the day they used to do like a traditional rhino where there was like this one look where it's narrow and sharp and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Where nowadays most cosmetic surgeons will go for what fits your specific face. So let's get into... Let's get into the most, let's go from most to least invasive today, Nicolette. Yes, exactly. So let's get into the rhinos, a nose job, you know? So nose job, aka rhinoplasty. So it's a plastic surgery that changes the shape, 
size and structure of your nose. For most people, it might reduce like the prominent bump that yeah. you have or if you had like a wide tip we can narrow it yeah. or it could straighten a crooked bridge i think that one thing that we should touch base on too with rhinoplasty is, is that there's two different types that you do for nose surgeries in general a lot of people will call us and be like oh i want a rhino i have a deviated septum there's a big difference between a rhinoplasty and a septoplasty. Yes. So the rhinoplasty is more of the cosmetic outside mm-hmm. appearance. Yeah. That is the aesthetic portion. So the septoplasty deals with the interior. So that's where you're going to have your, like your medical complications such as breathing issues, snoring at night, a lot of different, you know, things that go into that and like a lot of different things that are going to help for those specific issues and a lot of times the doctor will combine the two treatments because if they're going to go in and do a septoplasty they might as well do a rhino as well just to make it look better Mm because why not exactly Mm -hmm. and so when you're doing a nose job or rhinoplasty there's two different approaches Mm -hmm. surgically wise so there's either an open rhinoplasty or a closed rhinoplasty so to break it down an open is an incision made on the middle of the nose, pouring that wine ground, I hear it. Jugga We need wine to get through every podcast because there's so much topic, so pour me up, girl. All right, get into that open. Okay, so open rhinoplasty, it's an incision made in the middle of your nose. So it's made in the column area and it's made between the nostrils. And additionally, there's incisions made on the inside of the nose. We also have a closed rhinoplasty. So that's only incisions made on the inside of the nostril. So back in the day, open rhinoplasties were more common because it gives you more control. It's a visual of the cartilage inside and you have more precision when you do that type of procedure. Yeah. So with the clothes, they're just making tiny incisions in the inside of your nostril. So it's a decreased operation time doing it that way. And there's decreased swelling and it's a minimal scar. So yeah. most surgeons will do the closed rhinoplasty approach, but in certain circumstances, they'll do the open rhinoplasty if they need more of a visual of what's going on in the inside oftentimes just do an open rhino that way they can get the precision they can get exactly where they need to go to get your achieved desired goals exactly and you know your surgeon you have to put trust into them and obviously like let's get into the reasons people want to feel more confident with their nose that's the first feature mm-hmm. you're looking at when you look at a face mm-hmm. i mean i hope like somebody's not staring at my nose like the first I hope they're staring at my eyes yeah my eyebrows my lips I was gonna say my lips look at my lips (laughs) but you know like the nose contours the whole face that's the first thing that structures your face so people can be insecure about the shape the size the symmetry and then they might have other reasons such as you know they have problems with snoring at night some people can't even breathe though exactly I know my landlord personally doesn't have sense of smell. I tell him all the time, I'm like, come get a consultation with us. You could probably get it approved by insurance. But And it's not always due to COVID. No, it, that's what I was going to say. In this day and age, it's not like you don't have a sense of smell, smell Sorry, due to COVID. It's just because some people were literally have been like this for years. All right, guys? But he, this was even before COVID times when I first moved into my apartment. I forgot the conversation I was having. But he basically let me know he hasn't had sense of smell since he broke his nose when he was younger. And I was like, 
come get a console. And he goes, he's like this big, like manly type of guy. He's like, what do I look like getting a nose job? I was like, well, maybe it's because you have medical concerns that you need it, you know? I know, so. exactly. I mean, aside from the functional purposes, cosmetic comes into play as well. Mm-hmm. And we want to give you guys all the tools to make yes. the right decision. And, you know, we're going to be talking about everything when it comes to noses. So not only just the procedure. Yes. I think that's what I was going to get into. Um, one thing is that if you're having functional issues, then definitely go down the surgical path. But a lot of people don't know that there's other routes that you can take just to get the achieved goals, especially if it's just purely cosmetic. But not to be picky, there are different types of noses. Yeah, for sure. Like we said before, if you're going for the traditional rhinoplasty surgical procedure, then the doctor should definitely pick the specific nose that would fit your face you know you don't want to have someone else's nose for sure i think that brings us to the topic that there are different facial structures we do Mm -hmm. have different ethnic backgrounds that come to the office or come to the physician so there are different rhinoplasty approaches especially with african-american descent asian descent so this brings us to the topic of ethnic rhinoplasties Mm -hmm. There are specific surgeons who specialize in those treatments. So for somebody who has like a weak bridge, many surgeons might add cartilage to that area. If you have wider flaring nostrils, they can reduce the overall width for your nose. Yeah. And also if you have, you know, maybe a fatty bulbous, they can reduce the tip. I think that this goes into definitely, like we say in every episode, that you should pick the right surgeon for your own specific nose. Before I even started working at this job, I didn't even know that there were specific surgeons for ethnic rhinos. I thought that a doctor who does a nose job does a nose job, but there are people who are specialized in it. Even there are physicians who specialize in adolescents. There are a lot of patients who are younger who want a rhinoplasty, and I think that, you know, adolescents will start at 16 doing a rhinoplasty. Yes, I was going to say that most of the times you start at 16, sometimes if you have a really bad functional issue, you might need to start earlier. So just like we keep reiterating, just make sure you know who you're going with. So Anna, not everybody is comfortable going under the knife or going under anesthesia to do a full rhinoplasty, and that's understandable. I mean, I'd be a little scared. It's your nose. It's bones. It's on your face. Yes. And it changes your whole look. Yeah. And like we said, you don't always need to go that route. So we wanted to bring you all the different types of treatments you can do depending on what your goals are. Yes. And now we're going to get into that segment where we talk about non-invasive ways to change the shape of your nose. And Anna has all the tea. And we actually are going to have a guest speaker talk about their experience doing a non-invasive rhinoplasty procedure. Yes. I think one of the most common um, non-invasive rhinoplasties are doing it with filler in the area. A lot of people who have a little bit of a hump, they'll put filler at the top or under the hump, depending on where your hump is in your nose, just to smooth it out and just to make that a straight line. Or just to give that lift to the tip as well. Yeah. For sure. A little bit of filler can go a long way. Always. You know, we always we talked about in our first episode that filler is a really great product. It does a lot of different things, but filler can definitely fill in that bump or 
lift that tip as well, you know, just to get your desired goals. But there are different types of fillers. You definitely need to find out the doctor that you're going to to make sure they're experienced in that aspect because there are certain fillers that won't work for the nose area, right? Most popular filler used for the nose is definitely going to be Rustlin Lift. Juvederm tends to expand. So a lot of plastic surgeons will not use it for the nose because you want a subtle appearance. Yeah. You want it to be very natural and you want it to fit that region without expanding over time. For sure. I think Juvederm is a really great product, especially for the lips since it does expand and it gives you that volume you need. But you don't want a filler in your nose that's put in a specific place to stay there so that your bump is kind of smoothed out. You don't want that expanding because then it's just going to probably make your nose wider. It's probably not going to give you the results that you need. Exactly. And maybe this is a good time to bring on our guest. Yes. All right, guys. So we're going to introduce my sis. She's actually my biological sister, guys. So yeah, she's my sis. <laughs> okay, here's Bianca. Hi, Bianca. Hey, Anna. Hey, Nick. <laughs> What's going on? Nothing much. Just sipping my red. Oh, we're sipping our yeah. white. So we'll cheers to that. There you go. Yes, we're a blend here. But Bianca, you actually went through with doing a liquid rhinoplasty. So can you tell us a little bit about it, why you chose to do that route? Yeah, so growing up, I wore glasses. And because of that, my nose was kind of on the like bumpy side. At least that's like why I think my nose has like all the bumps, whereas no one in my family does. And because of that, I grew up kind of like insecure and no one notices it from the front, but from the side, I do have a little bit of a bump. And it wasn't anything that was extreme, but I feel like it definitely kind of hindered my self-confidence and made me feel like I wasn't my best and prettiest self. So finally, I saw that Jen Stark started working at Dr. Greenberg and she did have some really awesome content when it came to liquid rhinoplasties. So then I got very intrigued and I started researching on what I could do to maybe do a non-surgical and non-invasive procedure where I could actually get the results that I want to without going under the knife. I ended up going in and Jen Stark was an absolute dream. Um, she was just very, very like careful and was very conscious of my feelings because of course I got like a little emotional in the you know <laughs> in the room and she ends up just kind of reviewing what it is that I was looking for as far as you know the shape and the way that I wanted my nose to bend and weave and you know just all the things or if I just wanted like the little dip in my nose to be filled so we ends up just kind of coming up with a game plan of this is what I want the final result to look like and she ends up giving me really great amazing results like I ended up crying up afterwards because I just couldn't believe that oh I could look God. that beautiful <laughs> in my mind so what did it feel like tell us you yes know. I'm very curious on the actual feeling in the nose like doing the filler in the nose just because we've both felt filler in the lips which is a little bit of a more sensitive area from my understanding so I want to know what your experience is with the filler in the nose so ready I actually did a half and half where she put half of it in my nose and half of it in my lips so I oh. kind of got both sensations you got a two and for one girl yeah hell yeah so the lip was way more sensitive 
as far as the nose goes, I got it more towards like the bridge, like right in between the eyes, which she already kind of informed me that it's very sensitive and she needs to be very meticulous when it comes to the actual injection site. Mm -hmm. So I felt very safe with her just kind of telling me that information, like going forward with what she thought would be the best move. And I felt nothing. I honestly only heard the injection go in. Like you hear that little crinkling. And beyond that, the only thing that I could say as far as sensitivity goes was more the tip of my nose. So it felt like a pinch? Yeah, it just felt like a little pinch. Now, did she do... it was nothing unbearable. Right. Did she do filler along your entire... Because I know that she was filling in, like, the little bump that you had, but did she do it along your entire nose, or did she just do the bumps? Because I know that you just said the tip, so she did the tip as well. Yeah, so I was looking for more of, like, that little pixie nose kind of look. So she ends up actually going to the tip and doing that, and she just kind of used her best judgment and as she was going along looking at both sides of my face seeing what needed to be filled and what needed to be left alone so i felt like she was just kind of an artist with a marble yes. block sculpting away and <laughs> that made me feel even more confident so of course and bianca um why did you choose to do fillers over doing an actual nose job or aka rhinoplasty I just feel like with me, my nose is not at that point where I needed such a drastic change and I needed mm-hmm. to go under the knife per se. Yeah. So with the liquid rhinoplasty, you're able to see the results without it being so permanent. And I wanted to see what the possibilities of my face could be without having to go through such, you know, I mean, yeah. granted, like maybe it's not that big of a deal and the recovery time is fantastic, but I just personally wasn't ready yet. I didn't even have plastic surgery really, period. I only had maybe half a syringe in my lip. Yeah, yeah I think it's a good precursor. So before doing an actual rhinoplasty, maybe do liquid fillers just to give you an idea of what you would look like. Maybe because obviously you need to get used to what your face would look like with it drastic change and fillers might be the best thing to do at first so you can get used to how you would look with a different shape of your nose get comfortable and maybe that would be the precursor to doing an actual procedure to drastically change and make permanent results right and the downtime is way different than actually doing a surgical procedure you're not going under anesthesia um, it's only a couple days that you might experience some swelling compared to what me and Nicolette talked about that you might experience it for months. So it is definitely, if you're a candidate for it, it is a great route to go. I completely agree. I think that it's honestly, if you are also very weary about going under the knife, mm-hmm. this is definitely a great way to experience not only for yourself, yeah. but just to kind of show off your best self. Like I know for sure, the three months afterwards, I was holding my head up high. I was show. I was giving profiles and side looks yes. and making sure that I got all those angles in my Instagram pics. I was ready to go. Awesome. So anything to make that person who, you know, may not be the biggest fan of plastic surgery, yeah. by all means, come in, get that done, and you will be a believer. And then maybe that will make you want to either continue on that route so it's not so permanent or right. to actually make the plunge and go and get that done. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Bianca. Thank you for sharing your experience. We really do appreciate it. I know me and Nicolette both haven't gotten through this procedure, so we really do appreciate you explaining your experience and everything like that and just letting everybody know what to expect when it comes to fillers in the nose area. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much for having me. Beauties, we love a transparent bitch. We do. And I think this leads us into the next non-invasive technique which is pdo threads 
So the non-surgical technique uses polydeoxinone threads. It's used for patients who have a nose that's slightly off-center um, that aren't defined. Some people who have a little bit of a bigger tip and want to achieve a smaller defined nose will use this technique. And Anna, why don't you get into more of the nitty gritty about it? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not for people who have functional issues. It's more for people to contour the nose, lift the tip, improve nose proportions. But a little bit about the procedure is that it's an outpatient lunchtime procedure. It's done under a local. Basically what they do is insert threads into the nose to give immediate mechanical support. So I read this article where it was basically telling, giving this analogy that I really liked. It said threads act like a scaffold in your nose allowing higher more prominent bridge and a sharper projected tip. Which I really like because that's essentially what the threads do. The threads produce collagen over time so it's not something that's going to be, you're going to see the immediate results right away but it's going to produce collagen that way you don't have to do it every three to four months like something like filler you know it produces the collagen so it'll grow in the area like what we were talking about with bianca if she had a little dip in the nose if we put pdo threads in that area it's going to produce that collagen so you're going to see the immediate results and then over time you're going to hope that the results are going to be more permanent than you would feel with a filler so how long do the threads last about one to two years, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it takes about 15 to 30 minutes, so it really is a lunchtime procedure. Usually what they do is they put six to ten threads for the bridge. So if you're having a little hump in the bridge or you need more of a structured bridge, they'll do six to ten threads in that area. If you want a more prominent tip, something more of like, what is that, the button nose that they yes. call it? They'll do three to eight threads in the tip. Um, there aren't a lot of side effects. There aren't a lot of downtime. Um, the downtime is mi minor swelling. The side effects are really just a little bit of soreness, a little bit of swelling, just for a couple days. I'm sending Bianca now to LA to do this. She should because it's, I mean, if you're not doing surgery, it's more of a, I mean, it's a longer term result. It's not going to be permanent like a rhino, but it's definitely longer term than a filler. So it's definitely a step up from fillers. I, I think so, in my personal opinion. So it's definitely another technique which we can use to enhance that contour in the mm -hmm. nose region. And I think this brings us to the last non-invasive technique, which is a plasma fibroblast nose sculpting. Yeah, so basically this, like we said with all the other non-invasive treatments, they're not for people who have structural issues. It's more for people who want a narrower, smaller, and smoother nose. So basically what it does is they use a plasma pen that discharges a tiny, tiny dots of plasma gas molecules. The pen doesn't actually touch your face, even though it looks like it in videos, but I've seen so many videos about this, Anna. I know. I've seen so many videos. I essentially, when I first saw the videos, I thought that it was either like blackheads or I thought it was microneedling, but it's actually something that I think is way cooler than both of those treatments. So if you have a fear of holes, you've probably passed this on Instagram. Yeah. You've seen like the Instagram videos where there's little black dots all over the face. Yes. This is what we're talking about. This exactly. is the plasma fibroblast technique. Yes. 
So essentially they use the plasma pen, they discharge the tiny dots of plasma on the skin and what it does is it shrinks the area around it. So this is more for people who have like more of a drooping tip and things like that. It's not for people like we said who have a hump or functional issues. Um, it's typically done in one to two sessions. Results last up to five years. So that's a big thing. You know, all the other things that we said, they either last three to four months for non-invasive um, procedures or they last one to two years. This lasts up to five years, but it is for specific candidates. So what the pen does, essentially, it's going to leave you with a smaller and slimmer shape. It's going to minimize the pores, and it's also going to smooth and tighten the skin within the region. But there is a downside to this treatment. It is bad for people who experience any type of healing complications, so people who have like diabetes and things like that. You don't want to do this treatment because if you have any type of healing complications, that can definitely be affected from the plasma pen treatment. So we talked about a lot of different techniques. Yeah. And we are going to get into... The Quanto Cuesta portion. Oh, for sure. You know, it's our favorite part of the show. It's not my favorite because, you know, I do not like taking coins out of my pocket, but I think it's essential for the listeners. No, well, I say it's my favorite just because of the fact that I know this is one of the biggest things that people want to know when this it comes to This is a deciding factor. It is because not everybody has the money to do all surgical procedures. So this is, like you said, the deciding factor of which route they're going to go for. Yes. So to start off what we originally talked about, the rhinoplasty or septoplasty technique, that is going to be out of pocket around $7,500. Yeah. But there's a but. Mm -hmm. Many times if you have any internal issues such as breathing problems, sleeping problems, a deviated septum, insurance can come into play Yeah, and it can take care of some of the fees. Yeah, they can definitely take care of the functional issues. But with the non-invasive treatments, there are more out-of-pocket costs because they're not going to take care of the functional issues. So not gonna lie insurance is not gonna cover that yes so fillers like discussed with bianca it's going to be around it would start at 725 it can go up to 925 depending on the syringe that the doctor talks about with you yes and usually people will only use one syringe max in the nose so you're not going to have this varying cost it's going to be around that range so the 725 to 900 region is what you're going to be paying Exactly. And like Bianca said, she only used half and she put the other half in her lips, which is great, I think. But yeah, like we said, they're not going to overfill your nose. It's your nose region. They don't want to make it poofier than it is. They're not going to make it bigger and larger. It's just subtle changes. Exactly. Um, so for the PDO threads, it this one really depends because it depends on the doctor that you're using. Some doctors go by threads some doctors go by treatment so it could really be i know this is a broad range but it could really be anywhere from 1500 to five thousand dollars it just all depends on the doctor and i'm sorry i know that we usually got give you guys like kind of the insight of the real um prices but this really is such a big range for this treatment exactly but there are longer lasting results. Yeah. So with PDO threads, you're looking at one to two years instead of maintenance like twice a year. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it is definitely a great treatment, but it all depends. If you're a candidate for that or anything like that, you have to go to the surgeon that you trust and you have to ask them their general opinion on it. What about plasma fibroblast technique? 
So this one, I did my research because I personally haven't seen a lot of people who do it around us. So I just do my research on the pricing. So it really ranges from anywhere from $400 to $800 per treatment. But um, with that being said, I mean, I think that plasma fibroblast is a great treatment. I definitely want to do it on my face. Maybe not my nose because I don't really need it, but definitely on my face. I think it all depends on your actual nose and the extremities of that. Okay guys, so we're gonna get into our, well, my favorite part of the segment, which is celeb gossip. Ooh. Yes, so Nicolette, tell us some of your favorite rhinoplasties, nose procedures, or anything that celebs have done regarding the schnoz. Okay, definitely top one, we all know this. I've seen it on Instagram, before and afters. I think everybody has. Bella Hadid. For sure. Yeah. My crush. I already knew you were getting to that one. That's why I said that. So Bella Hadid's transformation is immaculate. I think that she went from a beautiful girl to... Model. A model to perfection, I think. I know that we don't like to use that term, being perfect or anything. But, I mean, me and my friends talk about it all the time. She is perfect and it's unfair. Honestly, it's unfair that I don't know her and I can't, like, flirt with her. That's what's unfair. I don't have the capacity. But, you know, if I could shoot my shot, I would. Of course you would. But another celebrity who is very open about her procedure was Jennifer Aniston. That's amazing. I think that she's such a iconic figure and I think for her to be so open with her procedure is such an amazing thing. I know that she might have had more functional issues that she did, but she looks amazing yes, now. Yes, she had two rhinoplasty procedures. Oh, did she really? I didn't even know. Rumor has it. Oh. Rumor has it. The more you know. I just searched that five minutes ago. Okay. So I really didn't know until now, but... Amazing. We love schooling. <laughs> yes, and we love quick facts. Yes. But another celebrity or influencer yeah. who's had multiple rhinoplasty procedures is Nikita Dragon. Oh, wait, did you see her recent YouTube video where oh, she talked about it? A hundred percent. I live, read Nikita Dragon. I was like, is she, it, it, are we in sync? Does she know that we're doing this episode this week? Because she literally just posted it and then we are doing this episode this week, but her rhino, I mean, I think her face in general is amazing, but she's such a big light on the LGBTQ community and honestly she is so snatched to the gods to the gods yes for sure and her nose I think is the epitome of a perfect nose because I think someone she talked about in her episode I mean sorry not her episode her YouTube video she talked about how she's had multiple procedures I think one big thing that's really scary with doing multiple procedures is the fact that you can have a botched nose at the end yeah and she did a lot of research she had to look into specialists who deal with ethnic rhinoplasties which we talked about a little bit Mm -hmm. before you have to find the right surgeon and especially with your face shape and i don't even think that she only found an ethnic rhinoplasty specialist i think that she got more into someone who's also doing like feminization of the facial structure which is amazing and she she said she did like four of them right yes and after four of them she still looks amazing which like i said after you do multiple nose procedures one thing that we're very cautious of is people who have something like a skewed 
version of their themselves where they want like this perfect nose so they keep doing multiple procedures to get to that achieved goal but she actually i think in my opinion achieved that goal she did yeah she looks amazing for sure all right guys so this wraps up the end of our segment today talking about the nose and please let us know any questions comments or anything that you have and also let us know if you have any topics that you want us to tackle. You can always find us at our Instagram handle, Beauty Talk. It's at beauty, B-E-A-U-T-E-A dot talk. And that's on Instagram. You can always see our personal Instagrams in our bio right there. Thank you, beauties, for listening. Yes, and have a great rest of your week. Like I said, reach out if you have any questions. Let's end it with a cheers. Cheers. Cheers.